0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Legacy Podcast. My name is Bill Dupenthaler and I'm Mike Conan, and this is a
1: podcast for disciples who want to make disciples.
0: Well, hello, everybody, again. This is Bill Dupenthaler with Mike Conan, and we are so glad that you're joining us for the Legacy Discipleship Podcast. We have been having just a blast these last uh, six or seven weeks. Talking about the master plan of evangelism by Robert Coleman, an amazing book that that really outlines uh, by looking at the four Gospels uh, and looking at the life of Christ and what he did and what he said, it just really gives us a an amazing blueprint of what Jesus' strategy was for uh, reaching the world and what we talk about all the time here on this podcast, being disciples who make disciples, and uh, and without recapping all the things that we've been talking about, I say, you know what? Read the book. And if you want a copy of the book, honestly, go to our website, our and ask us, and we'll send you a book for free. And along the way, if you want to make a gift to what we're doing, that would be great too. But honestly, we'd love to just get you uh, reading this book. But anyway, uh, today we're talking about this topic of how did Jesus help these guys to really accomplish what their mission was. So in other words, Jesus was, was, was the discipler. He was, we we might use the the term today, coach. He was constantly teaching them and coaching them and helping them to really put into practice the things that he was teaching. They had a mission. And, and uh, I think this is something Mike, you and I talked about. Um, We all have to, uh, not only understand our global mission, which is the great commission of Christ to go make disciples, but we as as individuals and groups, we have to have a, our own mission, right? Yeah. Well,
1: and last week we saw the, the topic was on delegation and Jesus delegating this mission to his disciples and telling them, hey, guys— now it's your time to go out. And remember, we talked a little about giving them a little bit more responsibility until as they, they move from the stands to the sidelines to being in the you know small part of the game to the centerpiece of the game, that they Jesus has put them in the game. And today we're transitioning to that time, like you said, Bill, where, okay, now they're in the game. Now Jesus' responsibility changes. He's got them coached up to get them in the game. But we're going to talk today about, okay, now that if you have your disciples in the game, How do you supervise? I mean, you're right. This whole podcast is a waste. It's a complete waste of your time if your disciples aren't in the game. Listen to the last podcast, (laughs) right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This one means means nothing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So in Matthew 10, we're not going to read it, but you uh, get your Bible out and read Matthew 10, and you'll see this, this pretty cool little thing that Jesus did. He created intentionally. An opportunity for his guys to go out and and do uh, ministry, and he sent them out and said, "Okay, you guys are going to go, and I want you to I want you to go and um, tell them about me, bring the message of of the great news, and and then you're going to come back." And we're going to talk about it and unpack what happened and, and discuss it. And and, uh, and this is going to be an incredible experience for you guys to, to learn and grow. Yeah. And if
1: you think about it, I mean, as we talked about last week, Jesus is just getting them to do what he's already been doing. He said, look, right. I've done this with you guys, and now I'm going to send you out to do it. So here you go. And uh, I've given yeah. you the teaching and go out and take with you the message, take with you the power of the Holy Spirit and go change the world. And so that was the charge. Yeah. it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, so our mission in, in the in the global picture is to go change the world. Uh, it's to go be disciples who make disciples. What would be not to spend a lot of time on this, but but uh, just as people are listening to this and thinking, okay, well, what does this mean? How can we how can we recreate this idea from Matthew ten that Jesus did? How can we do that with like say say I'm leading a group of guys and I want to give them an opportunity to start thinking in terms of mission. Like, what would that look like? What would be some examples in present day that we could maybe, um, you know, brainstorm on for a second?
1: Well, I think you want to think about, first of all, your own world. That's where it always begins. You know, what does my world look like? Uh, What are the relationships in my world? Because this whole thing revolves around people. Um, It's not about systems. It's not about, um, you know, fixing houses. It's not about, you know, anything. It's about uh, simply sharing the good news and the power of the gospel with people. And so for me, the easiest thing to do is just look at your own life and say, well, what are the relationships in my own life? Because who are the people in my own life? Who's God already brought there? And and we talked a lot about that uh, in the previous podcast, but learning to be led by Holy Spirit to the people that God would have for you. And maybe it would be something as simple as, you know, you would perhaps be able to send people, you know, go to your work and look at this, go go to your sports activities, your kids' sports activities, go to your neighbors, go to, you know, and, and giving folks a a, a quote-unquote mission experience that uh, could uh, they could be on alert that week for how God might use them in that place.
0: Yeah, so obviously those are all things that just kind of in general we we'd want to be thinking in terms of, hey, you know what, we're always on mission. We're always... Yeah. Uh, should be thinking that way every single day. It's not a, it's not a one time deal. Hey, this quarter we're gonna go down and, and, and serve at a soup kitchen or something, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. It's awesome. But it's not, this isn't the kind of thing where you can just kind of check it off and say, okay, that was our group, uh, mission experience for this quarter. Uh, it's really like an everyday thing, but, but it would be kind of cool. Like, as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know what, you know, if somebody has a group, what if, what if they said, okay, this week specifically, we are going to focus on how we can be missionaries at work. And so, yeah, do it the other ways too, but, but just for this week, just kind of the equivalent of Jesus sending them out and then having them come back and talk about it. This week, specifically at work, focus on being a missionary for Jesus. And, and, and we're not going to talk about, you know, what that might look like right now, but, but you can have a whole discussion about how you might play that out and all that kind of thing. But then everybody comes back the next week and, and, uh, talks about how, how it went. And, and, and I think, you know, if you had a specific intentional thing that was set up like that, It might, there might be more of a chance that it would actually happen. And then, and then, uh, people come back and then, and then you can actually talk about it. Because I think if we just say, oh, you know, we should all be missionaries in our world and, and, and that kind of thing, if we just talk about it, we can't assume it's actually going to happen. I mean, our disciples need personal coaching, guidance, and, and we all need accountability. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think that's what we're talking about today. Uh, as we're unfolding this whole thing, is um, this whole thing that we're talking about today as supervision is Jesus wanted the disciples' mission to go better and better each time. He wanted them to yeah. get better at the call that they had had before them, and there are actual tools. There's actual training. There's actual encouragement. There's all kinds of things, like you said, Bill, that are involved. And it requires somebody to coach them, somebody to lead them. Now, hopefully, in a perfect world, they're they're getting you know guidance from Holy Spirit and Christ Himself. But there's also a sense where, as we've talked about numerous times, we follow the Lord, and so part of our our responsibility, if we're trying to make disciples who make disciples, is once you send them out, there you don't just leave them. Uh, you got to follow them up with them and help them in their decisions and follow up with them and and process with them and and i I think that's there's some real truth to that uh the first quote that i that stood out to me um was this uh jesus made it a point this is actually the first line of this chapter uh, from coleman jesus made a point to meet with his disciples following their tours of service to hear their reports and to share with them the blessedness of his ministry in doing the same thing Uh, in other Mm -hmm. words jesus didn't just send them out and then move on to the next subject he uh, took the time uh, to listen to them when they came back and followed up with them. And, you know, there's a there's a great line that says, delegate but follow up. Uh, Trust but yeah. verify. Whatever you want to say. Uh, that is, uh, the idea being that, yeah, Jesus delegated the mission, but he also was a good supervisor in the sense that he followed up with them. And, and not only that, but he shared with them what he did and what he saw uh, while they were out, too, which I think you know it gives it more credence and value to in their eyes as well.
0: Yeah. Well, and if you and if you want people to really do something, uh there has to be some way of measuring it. A- at the, and I'm yeah. not saying scoring like like well, how how well did everybody do and we'll give everybody a score, you know, but it's like literally measuring, well, did you do it? How and how did it go? And, and 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 what can we learn from uh, what happened uh, this time well I, and let's discuss it well
1: I tried this one time bill and we were in Alaska on a mission trip and so I tried this idea of creating a, a mission experience for people and so we drove to downtown and we charged everybody who was on the mission trip to have one spiritual conversation over the next two hours with somebody and it was mm-hmm. it was a little bold a little crazy um, and and, and then afterwards, I told him, and we're going to talk about it when we get back. So there's that sense, too, where, okay, if I don't do this, then I won't have anything to talk about. Well, <laughs> and it helped because, you know, it, it forced me as the leader. So my wife prayed the time, so we couldn't walk around. But sure enough, the Lord led somebody to us, and we were able to talk to them. And And there were a couple of people who engaged, and then a lot of people didn't. But they felt kind of ashamed when we gathered back together yeah. because they were like, well, we didn't do it. Uh, and then other people had and had a rich experience. And so there's something about following up that you're like, you're saying it does give in that, that built in accountability, but it's also the joy of it. Like there's no greater joy in in sharing the gospel and sharing the power of God with people for healing and for wholeness and, and, you know, a new life and forgiveness and all those things. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for sure it's, it's a, a proven principle, people pay attention to what's being measured. In job performance, that's true. And, and, and in every aspect of life, people pay attention to what's being measured or, or they pay attention to what they're being held accountable for or whatever. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a slightly different way because this doesn't really have to do specifically with evangelism. But, but uh, I know one of the things that we've done a lot with, with a lot of our groups is we're trying to get people to, to read their Bibles and to journal. About it, yeah, and we and and uh, and in a lot of our groups we've we've given them all these little uh, thread journals. Again, shout out to uh, Josh Powell and and his thread journals; they're awesome. Uh, but it's it's pretty cool because uh, we, we get together the next time and and uh, and we say, okay, let's go around and uh, and and share one thing that that you read. This this past uh, uh, week or whatever, and 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 the, some thoughts that you wrote in your in your journals, and um, and you know, and, and of course, it's all filled with complete love and grace. Of course, and if and if somebody didn't do it. You know that's okay. Still come to the meeting, and no one's judging you. And hey, we'll try again next week. But it was, but it's cool because so many people would would come and say, yeah, you know, I don't think I would have done this if 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 it wasn't for this group, and I knew that I was going to be asked. And and to be honest, I just did it fifteen minutes before the call. You know, yeah. But that's okay. But at least you did it and you got started. Well, and there's a there is that different purpose too. And not only is it
1: accountability, but it's also a chance to grow. It's also a chance to learn. It's also a chance to adapt and get better. And hopefully, as we have more experience, we can pass that experience on to others. A couple of quotes here that I really liked. One might say that his teaching, Jesus' teaching, rotated between instruction and assignment. I love that idea, that Jesus didn't just give them, you know teaching he gave them an assignment to go with it and you know as i use the example of alaska or if we're talking about exciting going to work uh, but there's a sense where uh, there's going to be instruction there's going to be an assignment and it says it's rotating between the two so when you come back from your assignment you're going to get further instruction based upon your experience well oh, this is what happened what did you think what time he, he was with them, it says, he was helping them to understand the reason for some previous action or getting them ready for some new experience. And again, yeah. it's that idea IT of constant rotation between instruction and assignment, instruction and assignment. Uh, and, you know, we talked about those little signs when you pull out of churches and say you are now in the mission field. And sometimes that's a really great reminder, but other times, like you said, it could be too general. And if, if we're able to keep those assignments before us and think about what am I, how am I um, having mission at work? How am I having mission in my community when I'm at events? How am I having uh, mission when I'm with my family? How am I having mission in my neighborhood? Uh, and wherever we might run into people, that's where the mission is. And then we, we yeah. rotate back and forth between instruction and mission, instruction and assignment, however you want to think about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I really like this idea, though, when you think about having a, a, a group of people that you're mentoring or discipling, uh, t- you know, to, to discuss, well, what is our mission? It, specifically, yes, we have the great commission from Christ to go make disciples, but, but specifically, what's that going to look like for us as a group? In our context, in our city, and, and even what does it look like for you individually in your own personal context, in your job, in your family, and, and uh, the kinds of interactions you have. Um, and I, and I, I love the, the uh, example of Jesus, you know, that, that he did send them out, but then he expected them to come back and to share uh, their experiences later with the group. Yeah. And, and I, don't know if, I don't know if we, yes, I do know. I don't think that we do this kind of thing very often in in groups. And and Jesus clearly felt this was important. And so this is something that we really need to, uh, I think, talk about more uh, about incorporating into our groups.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I also think that there's a third part of this. So not only does it hold you accountable, not only do you get a chance to learn from it, um, but the third part is you also get a chance of rest. And that's what Jesus understood. The regrouping of the disciples following their evangelism tour, of course, provided them so needed, uh, much needed rest in soul and in body, and that I think is brilliant right there. The Lord has given us the Sabbath, and uh, I think that we tend to think of the work as you know our work at you know wherever we go to work, quote unquote. But it's also included in that is the mission of Christ and. Uh, rest is supposed to be part of what we experience, but that rest is not supposed to be where we stay. I think most of us have been resting from the Great Commission for our entire lives. <laughs> yeah. And so we're probably pretty rested right now and could use a little <laughs> going out and doing the mission. But I'll tell you, when, you've, when you're when you living on mission, it's hard. You're entering into brokenness. You're entering into, I mean, the, the heart of hell. It's uh, many times and there's a reason jesus talks over and over when he goes out you have the power to overcome evil you have the power to bring healing because you're entering into uh, chaos it is it is not easy stuff and you do need to rest afterwards and yeah and so i love that idea that that jesus sent them out but then he also sent him back he didn't send him out forever you know he he wanted to come back yeah. so that they could you know again get that rest and renewal that they needed in, in his presence and with each other and i think that's key too
0: yeah yeah. Well, I mean, there's a reason why most people are not doing this because it is difficult. Yeah. It, it is hard. Uh, but then when you begin to experiment with this kind of thing in, in a group and people do come back, then that group is a place of rest and, 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 and praying for each other and encouraging each other. And, hey, you know what? It's okay. And, and, um, and yeah, you know, that failure that you had there. Um, it's okay because, uh, look, Here's this, and 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 you have a discussion about it. Yeah, I think it also uh, really creates opportunities for uh, teachable moments. Yeah, when when people are putting the, themselves out there and they're having these experiences, and then they come back like the 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 guys that came back to Jesus and 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 they had encountered uh, a demon and they and they could not get this demon out of this person. Yeah, and and and. And they said, "Jesus, well, what's the deal?" And again, without spending any time, you know, unpacking the whole story, I mean, Jesus essentially used it as a teachable moment and said, "Well, you know, here's the deal with this kind of demon," and blah blah blah. And he and he and he and he taught him about that, you know, or think about the feeding of the five thousand. They 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 witnessed this this miracle, and and then Jesus essentially uh, spent that next little bit of time teaching them about. Okay, so. Do you guys realize what just happened there? And what does that look like? And any and and went on, and again, we're not going to do the teaching now, but, but this idea of taking advantage of teachable moments. Well, and I, one of my favorites, too,
1: is when they come back and say, Jesus, you wouldn't believe this. Even the demons submit to us in your name. <laughs> and Jesus looks at them and says, oh, yeah? Well, while you were gone, I threw Satan out of heaven. And it's like <laughs> I overthrew His power over the earth, and now it's mine. And it's that moment where it's this awesome moment where Jesus not only teaches them about what they're experiencing, but he's also showing them about how great He is amidst the things that they're facing. And it's uh, there's so much awesome teaching that happens amidst our experiences. And that is definitely the in, in my life and yours too, Bill, right? And that's where yeah. we've learned the most is hands on in our
0: in our strengths and in our weaknesses, right? Yeah, yeah. Great little quote from the book on page 96. Uh, Here was on-the-job training at its best. Jesus would let his followers have some experience or make some observation of their own, like, oh, he provided all this food, uh, for example. And then he would use this as a starting point to teach a lesson on discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty cool. Good. Uh, as Jesus as Jesus reviewed some experience the disciples had, he would bring out some practical application of it to uh, to their lives. He was the master at that, and, and that's what he was so good yeah. at is is
1: exegeting people's lives. And obviously, yeah. we want to be yeah. careful that we don't set the scriptures aside. But uh, Jesus was was an artist at it. He was an
0: artist at yeah. what's
1: going on in your life and how can I point that to uh, the greater picture of what God is doing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I love about uh, the way we talk about discipleship groups differentiating from just a Bible study, even though Bible studies are awesome and, and we study the Bible a lot, and and just a support group, even though support groups are great and we, and we need to support and encourage each other. Absolutely. But a discipleship group, we're, we're talking about reaching the world for Christ and, and, and making a difference in our own personal worlds and and so and so by creating intentional uh, experiences or by just discussing these teachable moments uh, and and really applying them to our practical lives of, okay, what does this mean? Uh, for us to make it make a difference in the world. It's awesome. Yeah. And you think about all the, the, these, these past couple of years that we've all lived through with the 2020 riots and COVID and, and, uh and now there's this, this war in the Ukraine with Russia and so many teachable moments over the last couple of years. And, and it's, and it's okay in a discipleship group to spend some time talking about that. And, and if you, and if you get off, you know, the the, the Bible study f- for that time for a little bit, it's okay because we we got to use these these real-life teachable moments.
1: Yeah, and at the same time, I would put those in a different category as would you as well. You know, like there's teachable yeah. moments we face every day, and then there's teachable moments that come as a result of our mission. Right, You know, right, and, right. And we want to see both happen. We want to be always engaging what God's doing in the greater world. And at the same time, you know, I feel like that's one of the things that most groups do already is, is those type of things. Like, what is, what do you think about these different topics in culture? Um, and again, that can be one of those things that inhibits us from mission too. If uh, what we're talking about is, you know, how, how what happened when you went to the office and you felt like somebody, the God had put somebody on your heart and, and then you followed up and, and this is what happened I mean, how, how awesome would that be to debrief together and to say, okay, yeah. you know what, I went through that, or somebody else could say, you know what, I had a similar situation, a guy with a similar personality, drove me crazy. But if you, you know, with that personality, what I found was they were seeking this. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how we could teach each other by the power of the Holy Spirit overflowing one to the other as we're coming and thinking about this. And I think that that leads us right to our last part here uh, perfectly, which is this. Hey, this mission's a big deal, guys. This mission of Christ yeah. is a big deal. And Jesus was always pushing the mission forward. He was always pushing the mission forward. And um, I, some of these quotes at the end here were just so powerful. Um, and yeah. uh, the rest was always intended for better re-engagement in his mission. All of it. All this stuff, the teaching, the rest, uh, the accountability was all intended to keep pushing more and more for folks to re-engage with the mission of Christ. He kept, Jesus, uh, this is uh, from Coleman, Jesus kept after them constantly, giving them increasingly more attention as his ministry on earth came to a close. He would not let them rest in success or in failure. He would not let them rest in success or in failure. What a great line. What a great line.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the rest of that that, uh, that little paragraph, and no matter what they did, uh, there was always more to do and more to learn. Uh, but this idea of, of you, you know... It, and it's and you know usually it's either going to be success or failure maybe maybe it's going to be just kind of neutral but uh but sometimes but but I like this idea of not letting people rest in their successes either and this like you said earlier hey guess what jesus uh the, the demons listen to us and jesus says oh yeah well i just kicked satan out of heaven uh but i remember uh, a a number of years ago now uh i was I was meeting with my supervisor, we're talking about supervision, yeah. uh, when I was working with Young Life, and he asked me how it was going, and I was I was rattling off all the all the great things that were happening <clears throat> and uh, all this these cool things that God was doing and, and um and then he and then he, he listened and listened and listened and said, Well that's great. Well, what about that other high school in town that you haven't even begun to reach? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I shouldn't let my head get too big because uh, uh, there's so much more to do. And so, yeah, so we don't rest in our successes, but neither do we wallow in our failures. And that's what I love about Jesus. One, and either one of those things, either one of those things can
1: take us off the mission. Y- yeah. You know, that, there's a famous George Bush moment in the, the war where he has that sign, Mission Accomplished. And he'll never live that down as long as his presidency, because the <laughs> mission was far from accomplished. But he was trying to get a positive, you know, win. And and again, I'm not picking on any of our presidents, but uh, that was certainly a, a, a moment he would like to have over again in his presidency. And and we could do that, yeah. too. We, we could think, OK, check that off the box. Success. I saw movement in this area. Now I'm moving on the next thing. And. Uh, I think that the other, the more devastating though is failure. The more devastating is rejection. The more devastating is when we don't say the right thing or we're not a good witness. I've certainly had that many times where I've said the wrong thing or hurt somebody's feelings or and then you feel like you just ruin it all and you might as well just give up because I'm doing more harm than good. And uh, that's where I think that we really get bogged down is in our failures and we want to just give up because we don't want to feel that rejection. We don't want to feel that sense of shame. We don't want to feel that guilt and it's tough. Uh, but e- yeah. even in their failures, Jesus used them to make them better. I think, don't you think?
0: Yeah. 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 And I love this quote from page 97 in the book, the fact that they tried to do his work, even though they may have failed at it, gave them greater awareness of their deficiencies and hence they were more disposed to the master's correction. And isn't that true that that when we when we fail it it makes us realize how much more we need the Lord? Yeah. And and as and as we then draw closer to the Lord, it it makes us realize how deficient we are and 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 it just draws us closer to him. Well, we've done
1: one of our first podcasts. We did was the fact that God is a do-over God, and no yep. matter what our failures are, somehow the Lord forgives us as we repent and as we turn to Him, and He renews us and He strengthens us and He reequips us for service and sends us back into battle, even if we've just had an arm cut off, or <laughs> you know, it's it's yep. it's that crazy moment where um, we on our own. But I think you're so right, Bill. We have a tendency to want to get self-sufficient. Once I'm self-sufficient, then I'll try this. Once I have enough knowledge, then I'll try this. Once I have enough ability where I won't shame myself, then I'll try it. And the Lord all along is saying, just go do it. In fact, that's when one of the things that strikes me the most is he didn't just send his disciples out after three years. He sent them out after one year. He sent them out almost right away when they didn't even know anything about the resurrection of Christ. They didn't even know that he was the true king to come. They had some ideas, but they just had a taste of what it was, and he still sent them out. And so one could say, you know, if you're waiting to be self-sufficient and have everything figured out, it is never going to work. And one of the things we can just expect is we're going to fail. We're not going to be good enough, and and it's not just going to be failure on our part, but the people who we're talking to are sinners too, and they sometimes. Yeah. What I've learned in life too is other people's sin has a tendency to bite you, uh, and you don't even realize it's the sin that's biting you until too late, often, and so that's that's a tragedy. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I think just to just to wrap up, Mike, I like you. You mentioned this a couple minutes ago that that um, that this is a big deal. And and we're not talking about um, just little successes and little. I mean, we are talking about little successes and, and and little steps and that kind of thing. But we don't want to ever let let the small successes be the enemy of the of the bigger goal, because I think sometimes it is easy to kind of go, okay, uh, well, we did that. Okay, I read my Bible. Once this week, so okay, well, good. I'm good to go, or you know, okay. I talked to one person at work, so okay. Now we can kind of check that off. This is a big deal. Well, to be honest, the I told Bill was that
1: we were doing this um, and preparing beforehand. This is the part that rocked my world. I don't know if I ever said these things, ever that Robert Coleman wrote, and I'm still wrestling with them as I'm saying these words right now. I'm still wrestling with. Wow, this is these are such bold statements that we're about to read, that are in Robert Coleman's book. The last little chapter of this uh, idea of supervision. We started this section with the idea being that you got to be on mission, and otherwise, the supervision that we're ta- just spent the last half hour talking about means nothing, uh, because yep. if, if you're not on mission, then who cares about all the rest of this? And then he ends the the chapter with this idea of, oh, and by the way. This mission is big. This mission is huge, and if you think you've got an idea what it is, you have no idea. In other words, it's so much bigger than you can imagine. This is the, the one of my favorite quotes from this chapter. We must always remember too that the goal is world conquest. Wow. We dare not let a lesser concern capture our strategy of the moment. I don't. Did that rock your world too, Bill? I mean that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, a, a number of years ago, uh, somebody said, Hey, do you realize that this it's, it's kind of sounds like a mission impossible kind of a thing? Do you realize that you're on a mission from God? <laughs> and it's like, whoa, but it's true. Blues Brothers. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're on a mission from God. It's crazy. Well, the, the thing that
1: was crazy to me is the goal is world conquest. I mean, the goal is not to just, hey, maybe I'll make a little impact in my 72 years on this earth. Uh, But the goal is, no, if you're a part of the the disciple making kingdom of God, if you're a disciple, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, then your goal is world conquest, that everybody may know Christ, that everybody may be forgiven, that everybody may lift up and exalt Jesus Christ as Lord. Uh, And again, I don't mean to sound all preachy here, but Boy, as I was thinking about that, is that our is that how we look at it? I think we lower the goal so much to say, oh, maybe I'll have a little impact here, or there. If I can have do this little, I'll oh, just make this. I want to be a humble servant, and and maybe, perhaps, when doing that, we're actually not doing ourselves a favor because the goal should be world conquest. And yeah, I don't know. I just I that just rocked my world because I don't speak that boldly, and it really challenged me to expand my vision. Uh, for the gospel, and in think that way, that my, my goal is not just to make a little impact, it's to con world conquest. Uh, and again, yeah. not we're not talking about an Islamic world conquest here through jihad and that type of stuff, just to be super clear. We're talking about sharing the gospel, seeing the gospel take root in people's lives, bring healing, bring wholeness, and bring them to a life in Christ Jesus that could change them forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do I get to read that last little quote? Go ahead,
1: I am saving it for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and again, again, I'm glad you made it very clear. We're not we're not talking about l- literally, uh, yeah, you know, conquering, but we're talking about spiritually. Uh, and here's and here's the quote that 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 uh, was just crazy. Uh, there can be no substitute for total victory, and our field is the world. We have not been called to hold the fort, but to storm the heights. We have not been called to just hold a fort but to storm the heights and that's our mission dang
1: dang (laughs) right yeah yeah like that that's the type of thing where you're like man i i gotta sell everything i I gotta do whatever i can to make this mission happen what do you think it means to hold the fort bill
0: Well, I think, I think the, the idea of holding the fort is, is sort of being defensive and, and, uh, yeah, and, and retreating into our, 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 uh, our safe, uh, place. And, and, um, and I think that Jesus is not calling us to be in our safe place, but to, but to push out into the deep waters and to, and to go where it's, where it's not so safe and to go where it takes risk and where it takes total dependence on the Lord. And if, and, and if God doesn't come through, we're sunk. What a great place to be in. If God doesn't come through, we're sunk. You know, I think that's what it means. Oh,
1: that's such a good descriptor. It reminds me, I, one of the churches I served at, the mission statement was a safe place to grow in faith. And when I interviewed Mm. there, I, it was such a hard moment for me and the team because I just, I understood what they were saying, that they wanted to be a place where broken people could come and find healing. But I just didn't like the language because it felt like hold the fort. You know, this is a safe place. Nobody's going to challenge. This isn't the way the church was, by the way. It just felt that way in the mission statement. You know, this is, yeah. it, it felt like, okay, this is going to be a place where nobody's going to push you beyond your boundaries. Nobody's going to challenge you. Nobody's going to make you feel bad. Nobody's going to. And uh, the mission of Jesus is quite the opposite it is go and make it happen. And so I think that's the, that's the power. And if we're to leave it in any place, uh, this whole thing is folks go and make it happen by the power of Jesus, storm the Heights by the power of Jesus, leave the fort behind. Now, having said that though, we've talked about the importance of the fort. We've talked about the importance of going back after you've been out storming the Heights to go back to the fort to get rest to learn mm-hmm. from each other, to get renewal, to have those teachable moments mm-hmm. where we can empower each other. And then we go back out and we storm the heights again. And that's the way that the biblical life should let, be led. That's the life of the disciple maker mm-hmm. is, is storming the heights and then coming back to the fort and having leaders who are able to take you in the fort and help equip you for and renew you and encourage you for going back out to the heights. and. Hopefully that's at Legacy what we've tried to do. And we do appreciate you listening to this podcast. Uh, We don't take it for granted. We're thankful for every listener we have. We're thankful for all of you who support us financially. Uh, It is a tough time for all ministries, uh, and we really do appreciate any of you who would consider uh, supporting us financially. Uh, We do have a lot of needs, and uh, we're seeking to empower more and more people to become Mm disciple-makers, and especially... During this season, we appreciate all of those who give and give generously. You can check out more, including where to give and where to pray and all those things at OurTrueLegacy.com. And another way that you could do this, and, and I, I know Bill and I are biased, but um, we think this podcast is, is needed in the world today. Uh, we think that this type of thinking is what is uh, uh, the hole in our Christianity And we want to encourage you, if you listen to this podcast regularly, to start getting your Christian friends, your brothers, your sisters, uh, to listen as well, so that we may all become disciples who make disciples. Amen.
0: Amen.